Welcome to the KML Messcast. Can't everybody stop for 10 minutes? I mean, it's not that much to ask. It's so goddamn rude. What the fuck do they think I'm doing? Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Hello? You play to win the game. And now, your 2016 champion, soon to be two-time champion, and host, Maine. Welcome in, welcome in, everyone to the KML Messcast. I'm your host, Maine. And I think I can legitimately say this is going to be the first true Messcast. The first five episodes were, were a little bit off the rocker, you know, a little bit uh, off the cuff. But this is the first one that's going to be our weekly show. This is what the format's going to be. This is what we're trying to tweak. This is the thing that's going to come out every Wednesday night, Lord willing. Uh, we'll upload it and get it out there before the Thursday night game so everybody can see what's going on. Have a recap of what happened last week, an intro to next week, and maybe some fun stuff. Might take some callers here and there. Who knows? But without further ado, crack those beers. And let's get into it. Weekly Recap. All right, here we go. First thing we're going to do is recap what happened last week. Now, the hard part about this is there was no games last week. So, recap over. Let's move on. Trades and transactions. Okay. So, this is trades and transactions. There's been a few trades and transactions. As expected, the Bodfather has been very active. He tends to be active these times of years. And for the next... What is it, 15, 16 weeks? Whatever, I don't even know. But he's going to be active. We know that. So I just want to run through the trades that have gone down, see where people are at, see what might have shifted the landscape here. So back, going back to August 26th, Monday, 8 a.m., bright and early, we had a trade. The first trade of the year for 2019 in the KML. Very exciting stuff. We had a trade for Corey Davis, who was traded from Viceless to the Bodfather with... Viceless receiving Deshaun Hamilton and $100 in fab. Now, this is very interesting because we just, as you know, long-time listeners, we just ratified fab trading. So this was blowing your load early. Get it right out. You know what? Burning a hole in your pocket. Get it right out of there. Get it off your off your roster to somebody else. And here's what he did. He got Corey Davis for $100 in fab. My personal opinion, awful trade for the Bodfather. I think that fab, although right now might not be worth a lot, it gets more and more valuable the deeper we get into the season, and as people go down in injury, as handcuffs become available, etc., etc., I will not be surprised if he starts trading back for Fab at some point. But anyway, Viceless was able to remove Corey Davis from their roster, which is not great. What's great for Viceless, Corey Davis is not great, and also pick up $100 in Fab. So I like that trade in favor of Viceless. Moving along. Here we go. Just three days later, t- Thursday, August 29th, 8.42 p.m. Again, the Bodfather involved in a trade with King Park. The Bodfather traded Will Fuller for Cooper Cup. Now, interesting about this, and I think there was a fair amount of, of fun made in the chirp about this trade, because Cooper Cup, without having played a game, was a $13 draftee. Will Fuller, I think it was like $3. I forget. I don't have it up. But anyway, Cooper Cup was much more expensive than Wolf Fuller. So it's very surprising. With no really news other than Wolf Fuller's like a little bit more healthy than he might have been before, I think this is a bad trade for King Park. 
which is good for me because I play in week one. But I think it's a bad trade for King Park. I think the Bodfather won this trade by getting Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup is on a nice offense and has a nice year ahead of him. Moving on. We had a little bit of a blockbuster. And by blockbuster, it's not really, wouldn't really blockbuster. I shouldn't say blockbuster. But Bodfather involved for the third time in a row, trading with the Cabo Ghosts, the KBGs. The Bodfather traded Deshaun Jackson, C.J. Anderson, and Cooper Cup. The newly acquired Cooper Cup. Only been on his team three days. And in return, he receives Curtis Samuel, James Washington, and Cam Newton. Now, interesting trade. This was a, a trade of needs. The KBGs had a plethora of quarterbacks. They have Pat Mahomes as well as Cam Newton. Saw an opportunity to get Cooper Cup, help out the flex position. And that's what they did. They strengthened up the flex position by grabbing Cooper Cup in return for Cam Newton, Curtis Samuel, and James Washington. I also got Deshaun Jackson. Now, this goes against the longstanding tradition of KBGs uh, where they do not have any NFC East players on their team. However, this was a good opportunity to get the deal done. I think Deshaun Jackson has value. I think his value goes up after a nice, strong week one, and he will be shopped. Everybody be on alert. You will be receiving trade offers for Deshaun Jackson. Thank you in advance for rejecting them and telling me to... Eat my own poop. All right, moving on. The next day, Tuesday, September 3rd, we had Fighting for 11 trading with the Bodfather for the fourth time. He's trading Sony Michelle and Joe Mixon for Alvin Kamara. This is our first, I would call this a blockbuster, because anytime you move in a top guy, you know, somebody who's, who has a potential to be tops at their position, Cam Newton aside, uh, I think that it's, a, it's classified as a blockbuster. In this trade, you know what? This is a rare trade. I like it for both teams. I really do. If you looked at Vitaly's team fighting for 11, he had really great running backs. He has Carson. He has he had Michelle. He had Mixon. He has, I don't even fucking know, somebody else. But anyway, he had four really strong... Oh, uh, uh, Aaron Jones. He had four great running backs. You can only start three. And he had a chance to upgrade by giving away two, getting a better player back. And I also heard through my sources that the Bodfather may have listened to the podcast. And may have heard me say that with Kamara and Barkley and nothing else, it's almost two automatic losses. Well, he didn't want those losses. He didn't want them. So he he basically took out one of those automatic losses, gave himself a fighting chance that week by getting a little more depth, which was sorely needed. So now he has Sonny Michelle and Joe Mixon on his team as of Tuesday, September 3rd. Fast forward less than well, a little over 24 hours. Wednesday, September 4th. The Bodfather involved for the fifth time trading to King Park again. This time, trading Cam Newton and Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle did not last long on his team for Leonard Fournette and Naheem Hines. I have not had a chance to look at this because this trade just went through a couple hours ago. Thinking about it off the cuff, I think I think I like this trade for King Park slightly more than the Bodfather. And here's why. It all comes down to Leonard Fournette. Me, personally, I'm not a Fournette believer. I think he's prone to injury. I think he's destined to go down. I also really like Sony. I think Sony can have a nice little year, even though he's in that backfield that's going to be shared amongst many, many people in New England. And I think Cam Newton, if he can stay healthy, will be a really, really nice add. So I would say that King Park got the better of this deal in the long term. Uh, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens for Fournette, because Fournette could be a stud. Bodfather apparently missing Kamara quite early. Wanted to get Fournette to, to shore things up a little bit more. I would say Fournette's better than Sony, but that's to be determined as well. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I like that trade for King Park. I think that's it. Oh, the other transaction, there were some free agent ads and drops. Uh, the only one that really matters is the fact that American as fuck general manager 
Scott Thoman, he got drunk one night, and he put, well, actually, it was the night after Luck retired, and he put a $50 fat bid on who? Jacoby Brissett. I'm going to say that again. He got drunk, which is really the key part of this, but he put a $50 fab bet, a.k.a. half of his fab, for the season on Jacoby Brissett. Someone who I, I would guarantee isn't even the best quarterback available on waivers. I wouldn't say he's in the top five quarterbacks available on waivers. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't 10. I haven't looked at the waiver wire, but I bet he's definitely not in the top five. Yeah, definitely worth a $50 bid. It's all right. Getting drunk happens to the best of us. And, uh, you know, hey, what are you going to do? But maybe we'll all be proved wrong. Maybe he'll be a stud. Sign that big-ass contract. Because, you know, when guys sign big-ass contracts, their play never declines. All right, let's move on. This week's picks and predictions are brought to you by Monarch Homes. When you need a place to live, but you've just got nothing left to give, call Monarch Homes. Ask your wife, because you'll love your new home for life. Thank you to our sponsors. Let's get into the picks and predictions. Picks and predictions. Now it's time to make some picks. I'm going to be picking all the games. I'm going to be previewing all the games and picking them after I preview them. Uh, I'm very, very good at this. I think I hit it like an 85% rate uh, two years ago or last year whenever I was picking games. So I'm, I'm very good at handicapping these games. And uh, pretty much what I say is what's going to happen. I'm, I'm like a soothsayer. I can see the future. Let's get on with the first game. First game we're looking at is Reading Dwayne Bow versus at. They're traveling to the straight bums homie. The line on this game, Reading Dwayne Bow projected for 108.3. Straight bums projected for only 103.3. He's a home dog. The line is plus five straight bums at home. All right, let's take a look at this box score real quick. Now, this is going to be an interesting game because this is really where it's like, you know, straight bums is like, it's like a kid on Christmas morning. They've run downstairs and they see all the packages and it's all bright and shiny and it's got bows all over it and ribbons and everything looks amazing. Oh my God, what's inside? We're so excited. We're so excited. And I feel like that's what his team is. He's got all these shiny guys, all these shiny little boxes. He's got Lamar Jackson. He's got Kyler. He's got David Johnson. He's got Kenny Gallagher. He's got Diggs. He's got Ingram. Oh, he's got, he's got Gordon. Oh, he's got the Gordon in the back under the tree. But you know what? You don't know what's in those boxes yet. You don't know if you're going to unwrap that. You might get underwear. You might get socks. Psh, you might get a BB gun and super... So you don't know. You might get the best shit ever, but you might get fruitcake. You might get... I don't know what's something else that's bad for Christmas. Toothpaste. I don't know. Tooth, nobody ever got toothpaste for Christmas. Toothbrush? I don't know. Something shitty. So here's what I feel like it is. I feel like Straight Bones Home is a kid on Christmas morning just running down under that week one Christmas tree wondering what he's going to see to unwrap. And you know what I think he's going to find? Not what he expected. I think that reading Dwayne Bow is going to be all set in this matchup. Just let's run down the rosters. We got Russell Wilson for the Dwayne Bows. We got Lamar Jackson. I actually like Lamar Jackson in that matchup. Here's my thing. Russell Wilson, I got to see it to believe it. He's been in decline. I think that team's going to run their ass off. I just don't know. I don't know. I think Lamar. I think uh, Straight Bums has a little bit of advantage at that position. Running back battle, we got Bell and Elliott, the newly signed Elliott, which really probably was was the deciding factor in this. I think Elliott is, is going to be fine this year. So I think the running backs of Bell and Elliott and even James White in the flex is going to outpace the straight bumps homie, Marlon Mack, David Johnson. 
and flex of Josh Gordon. So I think that's going to be really where, where the everything tips. Looking at the wides, we've got T.Y. Hilton and D.J. Moore for reading Dwayne Bow going up against Galladay and Diggs. I think Galladay and Diggs eke out that, but I don't think it's going to be enough to make up for the deficit at the running back position. And at tight end, you got Austin Hooper and Evan Ingram. Ingram should be better than Hooper, but again, nice shiny toy. Let's see what that offense looks like with Eli at the helm. Defense, nobody really cares. Kickers, nobody really cares, but I give the edge to Rodgers in both of those as well, just because matchup, Chargers at Indy, should be a lot of kicking going on in that one, and then also, or uh, defense in that one, Chargers should have good defense against Indy. Um, and then kickers, I mean, Dallas always puts up points against the Giants, so I think, uh, you know, I think uh, Dallas kicker does better than uh, the San Francisco kicker in this one, but who knows, kickers are a crapshoot. So yeah, anyway, my pick in this one is Reading Dwayne Bow to take the win by seven points. Moving on. These nuts. Ha! Got him! Got him! All right, the next game we're looking at is Fighting for Eleven traveling to the Goat Train. Line on this one, Fighting for Eleven projected for 112.4. Goat Train only for 102.4. That means he's a home dog at plus 10. This one... Boy, looking at this game, I am sorry, Joel. I don't see any way you win. Vitaly has a tremendous team. That's all there is about it. He's got the best team in the league, far and away, and it's too bad you're on the rails of goat one. Or you're on the yeah, you're on the you're on the you know you want everybody else to be on the on the on the rail road tracks, and you know the goat trains running them over. Well, this one, I don't know. I think you're going to be on the tracks coming against a fucking locomotive, friggin' friggin' passenger train, Amtrak, fucking fighting for eleven Amtrak, Ukrainian Chernobyl train, just barreling down the tracks, glowing green. Going to pummel you. I mean, looking up and down the roster, I don't really see any spot that. Well, I should say I shouldn't say any spot. The only bright spot is, I think, the wides for the GOAT train are tremendous. Thomas and Juju will do everything they can to try to keep this one close. However, almost every single position favors fighting for 11. Quarterback, Matt Ryan, better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Advantage, fighting for 11. Running backs, Carson and Kamara, better than Chubb and Breida. Advantage, fighting for 11. Tight end, Kelsey, better than Njoku. Advantage, fighting for 11. Flex, Aaron Jones. Better than Jarvis Landry. Advantage, fighting for 11. Even the defense. Bills going to the, J- the Jets and Lutz against Houston. I think it's better than the Cowboys and Elliott. Cowboys against Giants and Elliott against Washington. Again, even, even those positions favor fighting for 11. I don't think this one's close. I don't even think it's within 10 points. I think fighting for 11 runs away with this matchup. Wins by 15 points. Moving on. These nuts. Ha! Got him! Ha! Got him! Ha! Next game is Gordon Lucko traveling to the Bodfather. Gordon Lucko projected for 101.2, Bodfather for 105.9. That makes the Bodfather home favorite at negative 4.7 points. Bodfather, been very active, been involved in every single trade so far this year. Let's take a look at his team, see how he's doing. Now, this is funny. This is a very interesting game to pick because if there were no matchups, I would say... Oh, shit. Hold on. I'm rewinding for a second. I forgot to be talking about the all-time records. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We're going back. We're going back. We're going back. Okay. Reading Dwayne Bow. Going to go straight, straight bums, homie. All-time record in that one is Rodgers beating Wingus five games to three. Again, I think Rodgers takes that and extends his lead to six games to three. 
Fighting for 11, going up against the GOAT train. Uh, looking at this one, Vitaly slightly edging Joel in the all-time record four games to three. I think Vitaly wins, stretches that to five games to three. Now, back to Gordon Lucko. Gordon Lucko versus the Bodfather, all-time record. Uh, actually, Jared has the edge on this one. One of the few people he does. Uh, Rob, two wins, five losses against Jared. I think, you know what? Okay, back to my points. Looking at these two teams, all things aside, no matchups, I think I like Gordon Lucko, Robert Luck's team, better than I like Jared Limbach's team. However, this is a game of matchups. And if you look at the matchups here, I think I like the Bodfather's chances to win this game more than I like Gordon Lucko's. And here's why. Look at the quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers versus Kirk Cousins. Of course Rodgers is better. But is Aaron Rodgers better at Chicago? Mmm, I don't think so. Kirk Cousins in Atlanta got his running back back and is going to be on, on uh, turf and, and run a bunch of points scored. I think I like Kirk Cousins in that matchup. Running backs, Dalvin Cook, Peyton Barber. Eh, okay. Not better than Saquon Barkley and Joe Mixon. That's for damn sure. Advantage, Bodfather. Wide receivers. Hill and Jones going up against Corey Davis. and I'm sorry, I shouldn't have laughed. Going up against Corey Davis and Curtis Samuel. Jesus Christ, Jared. Corey Davis and Curtis Samuel, really? All right, that that <laughs> that that definitely favors Gordon Lucko. No question there. Tight end, Kyle Rudolph going up against Eric Ebron. You would think Ebron might be better, but he doesn't have uh, Andrew Luck. Doesn't have Andrew Luck and Kyle Rudolph at Atlanta. I like uh, Rudolph in that matchup. Flex, Adam Thielen going up against Leonard Fournette. This might be closer than people think, because we got Adam Thielen at Atlanta. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. And the nice part about this is, for Rob, he's going to cover a lot of Kirk Cousin points. Kirk Cousin throws a touchdown and goes to Adam Thielen. Advantage, Rob. However, Leonard Fournette at Kansas City, I can see them playing catch-up a lot there. So I don't know how much they're going to run the ball. I think they'll be behind early, and I think they'll be forced to throw. So you should see a lot of D.D. Westbrook that game. However, uh, yeah, I think Thielen, I think Thielen uh, outpaces Fournette on that one, but I don't think it'll be that far apart. And then looking at the defense... Gordon Lucko com- continues to be a little bit Vikings heavy. He's got the Vikings defense and Goskowski at kicking. And then uh, the Bodfather has Browns and Mike Badgley. The Browns are at Tennessee. I actually like that defense this year. So I think the Browns are going to do better. And I think Badgley at Indy is going to do better as well. He's going to kick a lot of field goals for the Chargers. So all that said, I like the Bodfather in this one. I think it's going to be kind of close, though. I think it's right around five points, uh, pretty much in, in line with the line. So I am going to pick the Bodfather by five points. Next game. These nuts. Ha! Got him! Got him! <laughs> Alright, the next game we have is the Viceless Traveling 2 American AF. Viceless projected for 107.8 points. American as fuck projected for 109.7. That makes him a home favorite at just a shade under two points. All-time record between these two guys. Moto holds the edge over Scott. Three games to one, has historically owned his ass. Check this box score and see if it's going to continue. This game, I think, is going to be a little closer. Well, I mean, obviously, people will think it's going to be close. But looking down through, I think, you know what? I think I like, I got to go position by position before I call this one. All right, let's look at the QBs. We got Carson Wentz for Viceless going up against Drew Brees. Drew Brees at Houston, Carson Wentz at Washington. I like, okay, here's the thing. Drew Brees is old. He's an old-ass man. I can't even tell you what he came in the league, but he's an old-ass man. Coming from one old-ass man to another, I know old-ass men 
that sounded horrible. But I, I, <laughs> I know an old ass man when I see one. And Drew Brees is an old ass man. And I don't think Drew Brees is Tom Brady. He's great, but I don't think he's Tom Brady. So I expect a regression for Drew Brees this year. I don't think this is the Drew Brees of old. I think week one is when it starts to happen. I think this is going to be a tough year for Drew Brees. So I like Carson Wentz. I think these are just different trajectories. I like Wentz. He's, he's ascending. Drew Brees descending. I'm going Wentz in this matchup. I think he's got a slight advantage there. Running backs. Going to be a little bit interesting. A lot of question back, question marks all over these running backs. Viceless has Todd Gurley and Austin Eckler. American as fuck has Josh Jacobs and Devin Singletary. For Viceless, it really comes down to one thing. You know Eckler's going to be amazing. I think he could be an RB1. I think he will be an RB1, given that Gordon's sitting out. Uh, but Gurley, how's that breakdown going to go? You know, this is the first the first game we're really going to see what, uh, what the breakdown looks like. Excuse me. Yeah, it's the first game we're going to see what that... Breakdown's going to look like. And then over on the other side, you got Josh Jacobs and Dingle Singletary. Two guys with big question marks as well. Josh Jacobs, rookie. Is it going to be good for Oakland? Is Gruden going to run the ball? Who the hell knows what's going to happen with him? So you don't even know what you're going to get. People seem to like him in the preseason, but who knows? Devin Singletary in Buffalo, is he even the starter? Is Frank Gore going to get all the touches? Who the fuck knows? So we'll see with Devin Singletary. I think he's the new hotness up in Buffalo. I think he'll get touches. However, I don't know if it'll happen week one. I can see them easing him in a little bit. I think it might be like three, four, five before you really start seeing a significant workload. So on this one, I definitely give the advantage to Viceless. Wide receivers, Viceless has Mike Williams and Robert Woods as one and two. A couple of LA guys. American as fuck has Antonio Brownie, DeAndre Hopkins. Huge advantage to the American of fuck side. You know Hopkins is going to get his. However, Antonio Brown, big question mark in Oakland. However, I think he's going to be fine. It might take a second to get on the same page as Carr because, you know, Derek Carr really, really sucks. But um, but I think he'll still be, you know, low-end or wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. Uh, tight end, you got Vance McDonald for Viceless going up against Zach Ertz for American as fuck. Zach Ertz definitely has the advantage there. I think he's a great – I think he is a great tight end. I think he has a great year too. I hate to say that because I hate Philadelphia. Uh, flex, you get Mark Ingram at Miami going up against Julian Edelman at Pittsburgh. Interesting flex here. Because I think I like Edelman a little bit better in Pittsburgh. Because I think with Gronk gone and Gordon just now coming back, I still think Edelman's going to see the the, uh, majority of target share there. And I expect him to get a lot of balls thrown his way. Like footballs. A lot of footballs thrown his way. Um, So I think I like Edelman in that matchup. And as far as defenses, you get the Jets at Buffalo. That should be a pretty decent matchup for them. Harrison Butker at Jacksonville. Uh, And then on the other side... You got Eagles at Washington for a big division game, and then Mason Crosby at Chicago. You know, pick it. It's pretty tough. I, I think I like the Jets and Harrison Butker side a little bit, just because I expect Kansas City to score a lot of points. Uh, and I think that Green Bay Chicago game is going to be super low scoring, like, you know, 10 7, something like that. Who knows? So, all in all, you look at everything, and I like Viceless in this one. I'm going to say Viceless by. I'm going to say Viceless by 12, just because I think. American as fuck. It's going to take a couple weeks for this Jacobs and Singletary to kind of pan out. I think Antonio Brown's going to have an off week, and I think Drew Brees might be older than people think. So I think those four guys sink the team enough. Viceless pulls out the win by 12 points. Moving on. These nuts. Ha! Got him! Ha! Got him! Ha! All right, next game we got is Captain Scurve going to Chalupa Batman. Captain Scurve projected for under the only team projected for under 100, 100 uh, wow, 
the only team projected for under 100 points this week, 99.4, going up against Chalupa Batman, projected for 108.9. That means a spread of negative 9.5 points in favor of the Chalupa Batman. All-time record between these two guys. Mana has a slight edge, 4-3. to three. All right, looking at these rosters, I feel so bad for Nick Minot <laughs> for the second year in a row drafting a top-end running back that looks to be sitting out the entire season. I mean, what are the odds? Just, it just sucks. It's almost like your season's a little bit over before it even starts. The only problem I see with Captain Scurve, though, is I'd like to see him more active. I mean, like last year, I know you were kind of, you, you know, the team was 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 handcuffed by Bell. Is he coming back? Is he not coming back? Oh, he's seen here, he's seen there. Oh, you know, is he playing shit? Who knows? But still, like, you got to fight it. Like, you can't, you got you to gotta make moves. You got to pick up people other than Deshaun Jackson once a year for $100. You got you to gotta try to trade. You got to see if you can get value for Gordon before, you know, because, I mean, you got you to gotta fight it. You, gotta, you can't just sit there and let the team sink. I would like to see a little more fight out of that. I think there's some, you know, you got some good pieces here. You got some stuff you could do. You can move some pieces around, make some trades, try to get, uh, try to get back on the horse, try to get, be, be uh, try to be competitive. Because right now, I think you might be on keg watch. It might be an early keg watch, honestly. You know, if you drop like three or four games early, you're like 0 and 4. Like, uh, I don't, I don't see it getting much better unless you start making some moves. But anyway, looking down through these teams, Bill's got a great team. Golf clap. For drafting. Good job drafting. Fancy Pros loves his team. According to all the graphs that he somehow printed himself, it showed his team being the best, but we'll we'll leave that for another day. Quarterback position, you got Dak Prescott for the Captain Skirb going up against Deshaun Jackson. I think Deshaun Jackson has a chance to be the best quarterback in the league this year, fantasy-wise, so I like that matchup for Chalupa Batman. The running backs, we got James Conner and Duke Johnson going up against Christian McCaffrey and Tariq Cohen. I actually like, I still, I mean, I think it's closer than people think. I really do. I think Duke Johnson is going to get more work in Houston, and I think James Conner is a legitimate stud. Um, but McCaffrey, man, is a PPR monster. And playing the Rams, there should be a lot of points scored, a lot of fireworks. So I think, I think McCaffrey and Cohen, I think I like that edge just a little bit more than I like Conner and Johnson. But it's not, it's not as, as, as different as people think. Um, at the wide receiver position, we got Brandon Cooks and Allen Robinson for Captain Skurve going up against Tyler Boyd and Keenan Allen. I think this is, I think I actually like this a little bit better for the Skurve. I really do. I like Cooks at Carolina. Again, there's going to be a lot of fireworks there. Robinson at Green Bay, he's the one. I think it's low scoring, but still, he, I think he should get some some looks. And I, uh, Boyd at Seattle, I think it might have a tough time. He's going to get shut down. And then Keenan Allen and Indy should should run rampant, but still the, the Colts defense didn't didn't lose Andrew Luck. They're still the defense, so I think I, I think I like Cooks and Robinson a little bit here. Tight end position, we got Delaney Walker going up against Hunter Henry. Uh, I think I like Henry. I've heard more buzz about Henry, so I like this for Chalupa Batman. But it's not a big difference, you know. Who knows? We're going to get out of these two guys, but I think I, I lean Hunter Henry there. Uh, flex position, you got Tevin Coleman and Damian Williams. I think I like Coleman here with with McCoy being added and Andy Reid always having a platoon backfield to some extent. I think McCoy takes enough from Damian Williams that drops his value. And I think Tevin Coleman is in a really nice position and has nobody in his way to like really just grab that role of lead back, especially in season you know, week one as as McKinnon is still coming back from his injury. So I like Coleman in this position, too. 
Defense, Colton Tucker going up against Bears in, I don't how do you even say that name? The Viking, the Houston kicker. Kaimi? Kaimi? Jaime? Kaimi? I don't know. Kaimi Fairburn. Fair, Fairbairn? I can't pronounce his name at all. Whatever. KF. The Bears at Green Bay and KF against New Orleans. I, I think I like the Colts. I think I like Tucker at Miami. I think they'll score more points. Okay, so all that said, I think this game is a hell of a lot closer than people think. I really do. I mean, what's the line on it? The line was like, uh, for even forget by now, like seven points or something. Oh, not almost ten points? Not ten points? I don't think it's that different. I don't think Captain Skurve has enough to pull it all the way out. Shout out to Max D. Can put all the pull it all the way out, but I think he's close. And I think the Chalupa Batman win, but I think it's by a slim margin, less than five points. I think it's super, super close. Anybody playing Monday night? I can't see what people play. But anyway, if it comes down to like a Monday night thing, I can see it being super close. But I think Chalupa Batman just ekes us out. Less than five points, though. Just enough for Captain Skurve to think he has a shot and not make any trades next week. All right. You know what that means. We're getting into the KML Game of the Week. Behold, you sons of bitches. It's the KML Game of the Week. I mean, how could this game not be the Game of the Week? You have all the storylines. You have two champions head-to-head. You have the current champion going up against the former champion. You have two powerhouse teams. You have two best friends. You have two divorced guys that are on their path. Well, one is remarried. Two divorced guys. You know, that are that chose happiness. Air 5, Turo. Good for you. Let's do it. Camel Game of the Week is the Cabo Ghosts traveling to King Park. Cabo Ghosts projected for 106.5. King Park, 105.8. That means the King Park is a slight home dog of a less than a point. Less than a point spread in this game. Plus 0.7. All-time record favors May... No! <sighs> Excuse me. I misspoke. All-time record favors Turo. Three games to four. However, that fucking changes this week. You hear me, Turo? That changes this week. Cheers. Let's take a look at these goddamn box scores. All right. Box score. King Park making some trades. Cable Ghost making some trades. Let's see how it all shake out. Quarterback, Patrick Mahomes at Jacksonville for the Cabo Ghost going up against Cam Newton. Oh, God, Cam, I miss Cam already. Going up against Cam Newton at the L.A. Rams. I like Mahomes in this one. I don't think that Jacksonville defense is shit. And I think Mahomes can do it all. He's matchup proof. I like Mahomes in this matchup. Advantage, KBGs. Running backs, you got K.J. Carrion Johnson, Royce Free... Ugh. I don't even want to say his name. You got KJ Carrion Johnson as some dude going up against Derrick Henry and Devonta Freeman. This is a shit matchup of running backs. This is god awful. I hate Derrick Henry. I hate Devonta Freeman. I hate Royce Freeman. I like Carrion Johnson. I think the running backs are a wash. I can't pick which side. I've, if anything, I had to probably I have to lean. King Park side because Royce Freeman's so bad, even though I think Carrion Johnson's better than Devonta Freeman, Derrick Henry, but I think the combination of the two, I lean King Park on that side. The wide receivers is where we're going to separate the men from the boys. 
Odell Beckham, Devontae Adams going up against Amari Cooper and Mike Evans. KBG, huge advantage. Two absolute studs. You got the OBJ to Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield to OBJ connection. How many OBJ might throw like three touchdowns this year? And they got Devontae Adams, just absolute, absolute stud, bona fide stud. Going against some guy named Cooper, some guy named Evans, never heard of him, don't know anything about him. Advantage, KBGs. Tight end, George Kittle, going up against OJ Howard. A head to head matchup of tight ends. Kittle, definite advantage in this one. Point, KBGs. Look at the flex now. There is his, his new shiny flex, Cooper Cup, going against King Park's new shiny flex, Sony Michelle. I actually like Sony Michelle in this one, as much as it hates me to say that one, but I think Sony is in a nice position. I think New England is, is always going to be good, and they're playing Pittsburgh. There should be a lot of points scored there, and I think Sony is heavily involved, even with White and Burkhead and everybody else taking touches away. I don't think it matters. I think they're going to ride him a little bit this year. So I give advantage to King Park. Defenses. Ravens are going to chew the shit up out of Miami. Miami has no chance. They've already lost that game. They should even play it. And then Greg DeLeg going to that's Carolina. That's going to be field goal city for him, so that's wonderful for me. Saints play Houston. They're going to get their doors blown off. That's a terrible play by King Park. And Adam Venteri against Chargers means uh, Jacoby. I don't even know if he crosses midfield in his first game as a, as a million-dollar man, so we'll see what happens with him. $30 million man, but I don't think it's going to be pretty. So all in all... I expect a blow. I not a blowout. I expect a what's it called when uh, a barn burner. I expect a barn burner. Lots of points scored. Lots of fireworks. Lead changes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. In the end, I think the KBGs pull this one out by seven points. Seven might be too much. Seven points. I'm gonna stick with it. KBGs pull this one out by seven points, and that is your KML game of the week. Final thoughts. And now, my final thoughts in haiku form. Week one fantasy. All teams think they have a chance. Except you, Rob Luck. Thank you, everybody, for listening. That wraps up the first weekly episode of the KML Messcast. As always, you can reach out to us at KMLMesscast at gmail.com. I guess it wouldn't be at kmlmesscast at gmail.com for any uh, constructive criticism. If you just need somebody to talk to, go ahead and send us an email. Who knows what could happen? Uh, thank you so much for listening, and good luck to all the teams out there. Week one of fantasy, guys. We're getting into it. This is great. We're going to have some call call-in people next week, some call-in guests. Uh, we'll figure all that out. But, hey, best of luck, everybody. Have a great week. This is your host, Maine, signing off. Great cash, homie.